your Majesties, Tishuk is going to be with us very shortly, is delayed. Ahail, she excellencies, ministers, distinguished guests. As I have just in Irish extended a very Kate Milefortia, 100,000 welcomes on behalf of the people of Ireland to their Majesties, King Willem Alexander and Queen Maxima of the Netherlands, on this the occasion of their first state visit to Ireland. And I hope that this state visit will rekindle memories of His Majesty's childhood holidays in Sneen, County Kerry. The people of the Netherlands and Ireland have very much in common, and we do share such a wide range of issues, among them for which uh, I'm a, the Netherlands has been so famous, inclusion, tolerance and respect for human rights, and a strong history of scholarship in a very wide range of disciplines. And then to our outward-looking foreign policy, our human rights emphasis in that foreign policy, economic and trade policies, all facilitate our ties. And then our common European Union membership underpins and supports our very strong bilateral relationship. And our country, Ireland, has been referred to as the land of saints and scholars, which is a great challenge to us. <laughs> and one of the earliest links, indeed, between our two peoples, was a scholar from across the water who studied in a monastery in Ireland in the 7th century before departing for what is now the Netherlands. Willibrod became the first Bishop of Utrecht and was later canonized. His legacy is still remembered by historians in Carlo, who traveled to Utrecht just last year to celebrate this connection. And then the Irish language, which, with which I opened, has been influenced by ancient Dutch, demonstrating the powerful effect of other nations' tongues on the words we use and the fluidity of language. It was recently reported that a new word of Old Dutch had been discovered in an ancient Irish manuscript dated to the 7th century, which is quite remarkable for historians of that language, given that only one other Dutch text survives from that period. And this represents one of the very earliest milestones in the study of the Irish language and the beginning of Celtic linguistics. And it suggests that some early Dutch speakers may have come to Ireland as exchange students to study in our famous monastic schools. Our people share a thirst for knowledge and have a great respect for scholars. And that Your Majesty's illustrious predecessor, Stadhouder Willem the Silent, chose to found a university in Leiden during the earliest days of the Dutch Republic, is a tangible demonstration of this belief in the importance of education and of providing an environment where critical thinking is welcomed and nurtured. The critical thinking by those first scholars in Leiden started a tradition of asking questions to which perhaps there was as yet no answer. <clears throat> Within a relatively short period, your Majesty's alma mater provided a form for leading thinkers from the 17th century right up to the present day. And I'm so delighted that in 2019, this year, many Irish students make the decision to broaden their education through graduate and postgraduate study in Leiden and the other great universities in the Netherlands. 
and it is fitting that the United European Union programme, which has enabled young people pursuing university studies to live and experience life in other member states, is named after the great Dutch humanist Erasmus. These exchanges and opportunities have offered the young people of our Union, and many Irish amongst them, the chance to explore cities, cultures and identities in contemporary lives. Programmes such as the Joint Masters in Food Science, run between universities in France, Ireland, Sweden and the Netherlands, and they are striking demonstrations of the different skills and attitudes that each of our countries bring, and how the European Union is at its best in allowing each of the member states to combine perspectives, values and skills for a shared common good. The Erasmus programme is just one tangible expression of the benefits that the European Union offers to our people. At a time of great threats to multilateral cooperation, we must not ignore the importance that attaches to the European project. We must not take it for granted. For our shared European Union has brought enormous benefits for both of our peoples, especially in terms of its impact on the democratic, environmental and social standards, living conditions and expectations, vision of our peoples. The threats posed by Brexit, which we share, and the challenges to the core values of our Union, which are posed from within and without, by a narrow and exploitative form of populism, which has exploited a gap that has been allowed to grow too deeply between our European Union and the European street. And this often is achieved by an invocation of old hatreds and divisions embedded in a narrow and critical manner, and it has drawn a heavy price in terms of distrust and confusion from the peoples of Europe. And we must ensure by our joint efforts that intolerance and illiberalism are not allowed once again to take root in our continent. It is in the Netherlands too that we see a consistent thread of striving for the better regulation of interactions between states through law. From Hugo Grotius, the father of international law, indeed one of the major sources of the contemporary human rights discourse, and distinguished alumnus again of Leiden, on to the Hayek Convention in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. And this continues right into the present day, whereby Den Haag is rightly known as the international city of peace and justice. It is the seat of the International, Crimin the international Court of Justice, the International Criminal Court, and the Organization for the, for the Prohibition of Chemical Weapons. And in the fight against impunity, and the fight to rid the world of the scourge of chemical weapons, the Netherlands will find in Ireland a strong partner. And our cooperation on the multilateral stage is not limited to Den Haag or Brussels. We work closely together in the United Nations and in Geneva and New York, where our representatives collaborate on most critical issues of our time. The protection of human rights, the promotion of sustainable development, the promotion of peace and security. And indeed it is our hope that we will have the opportunity to build on the recent 2018 solid performance of the Netherlands on the United Nations Security Council if we are elected next year. And we greatly appreciate, and I say thank you, for the political, technical and moral support that the Netherlands has offered us in our campaign for membership. The Dutch 
are famous for being direct, and we are confident that this trait will be brought by the Netherlands to the Human Rights Council, because challenges to and breaches of human rights indeed must be challenged in a direct manner. As Your Majesty's visit to Trinity College tomorrow, there you will see also a statue of Oliver Goldsmith. He is another Irish alumnus of Leiden University, though records of his attendance have been lost to history, a matter for speculation. <laughs> there you will also have the opportunity to see the Fagel collection and to hear of the work being done between Trinity College and the Royal Library to make this wonderful resource available to a much wider audience. And then linkages in the arts between our two countries have been deep and varied, from Nathaniel Hone, the elder, the, the son of Dutch immigrant, to his Irish ancestor, Evie Hone, one of our most cherished artists, whose captivating use of the medium of stained glass has suggested to so many Irish artists and Irish citizens how they might look at light. And then in our present generation, if they have a, a special feeling and respect for the world of nature, it owes so much to the creativity and passion for nature of another Dutch artist, Gerrit van Gelderen, who through his nature film work showed Ireland to the Irish in a new light. His partnership with the late Emma de Butler on the series of With Van Speyer, Out Under the Sky, in the earliest days of broadcasting and radio television, showed Irish people the wonders of our own country. And later on, his own series, To the Waters and the Wild, helped to inspire a generation with respect for our own natural heritage, a respect which is so valuable to us today. Another Dutchman who's been a wonderful friend to Ireland is Professor Matthias Schoten, who I am so very pleased has been in a position with us here tonight. A younger Matthias, student of wetlands ecology, came to Ireland in the 1970s to study Ireland's raised bogs and his observations of the ongoing damage being caused to our bogs at that time left him profoundly worried that Ireland would follow the Dutch experience which had led to the almost complete destruction of its peatlands. In 1978, a determined Professor Shouten was instrumental in saving Mongan bog in Westmeath, Kunda Irui a bog that was earmarked for peat harvesting. Instead, with the cooperation of, of Bodnamona, a state agency, and a national conservation organization, the bog was saved. And Professor Schouten did not stop there. Soon after, the Dutch Foundation for the Conservation of Irish Bogs was formed, which gathered funds and garnered support to acquire a number of our threatened Irish bogs for conservation purposes. In 1987, as a Member of Parliament, I was privileged to have been invited by Dr. Schouten to go to Barron to be present when Prince Bernhard officially handed to an Irish government minister the deeds of three Irish bogs that had been saved through Professor Schouten's work and the work of his colleagues in the Netherlands and in Ireland. So we owe him a very great debt. <clears throat> <clears throat> Turning to the sea, which has served as the highway, which has connected us since the earliest of times, it also, of course, poses a threat, not just to those who make their living from it, but for those living in coastal communities with the threat of rising sea levels and global warming. And just as the people of the Netherlands are famous for coming together to build defences against the sea, 
The global community must also come together now and adopt, if you like, that polar mentality to face that common threat together. And another area where our countries have much to learn from and share with each other is the making of our agriculture ever more sustainable. And I hope that Your Majesties will find the visit to our National Botanic Gardens tomorrow stimulating. Making our agriculture ever more sustainable is good for our own communities, but it is a way in which we contribute to help ridding the world also of the scourge of hunger. Though due to very different causes and separated by almost a century, both of our countries in our memory have experienced the horrors of famine, and this has driven both of us to prioritize nutrition in our development cooperation policies. Finally, the Netherlands is the world leader in the development of the fair trade movement. This independent certification enables customers and distributors alike to track the origin of the goods, to confirm that the products being sold were genuinely benefiting the producers, allowing goods from peripheral developing economies to be sold into mainstream markets, but in most importantly, producers being offered a fair price for their crop, often significantly above the prevailing market price, so that disadvantaged producers and thus were encouraged to adhere to various social and environmental standards. This initiative reached a large consumer segment while raising awareness also among the citizens about ethical trading, a tendency that could extend. Fair trade commands a significant market share across several product lines in Ireland today. This socially grounded economic model based on the principles of equity and ethics is sadly all too lacking in modern trade and globalized supply chains with their narrow focus on profit maximization, often to the detriment of labor rights and working conditions and ecological responsibility. Whereas relations between our countries, as I have been describing them, stretch back over many centuries, formal diplomatic relations were not established until 1949. And it is a matter of great pride to be able to say that the first ever woman appointed as head of an Irish diplomatic mission, Josephine McNeil, was appointed as minister to the Netherlands in 1950. Now, almost 70 years later, more than 10,000 Irish people call the Netherlands home, with nearly 1,000 of those being students. Serving as ambassadors for our country, they have brought their passion for our culture, music, and traditional sports with them and shared it with people of many other nationalities to whom the Netherlands has offered a concept of home. It may interest you to know that the Netherlands home is home to one of the oldest Gaelic Athletic Association clubs in Europe, Den Haag, which was founded in 1984, and also one of the youngest, Groningen, which was founded in 2018. Celebrating then all that we have been sharing and will share in friendship, and ever closer relations assisted by this visit, may now invite all of our distinguished guests to stand and join me in a toast to the good health of their majesties, King Willem Alexander and Queen Maxima of the Netherlands, to the happiness and prosperity of the people of the Netherlands, to the continuing friendship and affection between our peoples. Sláinte Prust, Garibnila Mahaki.